0: Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade, on Twitter, and today I will be reading Chapter 2 of This Doesn't Look That Much Different from Home by Oh Wicked Soul. Disclaimer, this book is rated for teen and up audiences. Please see the archive of our own link in the description for additional tags. So, whatever. They're sparring together, and that's fine. I'm working on the quirk stuff. It's not as big of a deal as Suyu makes it out to be. Okay, it is, but not for the reasons Suyu is thinking of at least. It turns out to be a big deal because their quirks work really, really well together. They're in the gym again one Thursday. Araka has just finished patrolling with Ino, who she has finally figured out does not have a reaction quirk but a speed ramping one. But the patrol has been slow and Araka is boiling with wasted energy. So when Bakugo asks if she wants to work on combo moves, she's all for it. Bakugo, for all his aggressive personality and acerbic words, is an excellent training partner. He's whip-smart and can think on his feet and actually trusts her to follow through on whatever batshit idea he's come up with for them to try. So when he says he asks, yells at her to help make him a human fucking missile strike, she only hesitates for like a second. Their target is a solid cement block about the height of a two-story building. Because, fuck baby steps, is the Bakugo Katsuki motto. Okay, hop on, Bakugo says. The other Bakugo motto is fuck your personal space. What? Uraraka does her best not to squawk. She does not succeed very well. Get the fuck on my back, he snaps at her. I need both hands to do this. I can't fucking bridle carry you, princess, with a sneer. She glares right back at him. I know that. He huffs at her and turns around, showcasing a broad back with angrily tensed shoulders. Very well-defined shoulders. Uraraka lets out a breath and awkwardly clambers on. It's a little weird, especially when she wraps her thighs around his waist, which is rock-solid, of course. She makes herself weightless, locking her ankles around his unfortunately perfect abs so she doesn't just float away. He tenses further under her, probably at the weird feeling of something but nothing on his back. You ready? They have done this before, like once. Lift-off timing is one of the keys to how fast and high they can accelerate. Get on with it, Cheeks. Fuck, he sneers, and she pinches him in retaliation. At his yelp, she presses her fingertips to his bare shoulders. Immediately, his hands ignite, and they're blasting off high into the upper reaches of the training dome. They're moving fucking fast, and Araka's eyes are blurring a little bit with tears. Baku is cackling like the insane adrenaline freak he is, of course. They're coming up on the agreed-upon point of release and fast, and Araka readies herself, thighs tensing harder even as she unlocks her ankles from around his waist. The series of events as they reach the zenith happen very quickly. Bakugo taps her thigh and she pushes herself off him, immediately reaching back out and yanking at the side of his pants, effectively sending him into a spin. As soon as his head points toward the floor, his hands ignite and Uraraka yells, Release! Bakugo shoots off like a fucking missile. Uraraka floats high above the target area and watches the concrete block shatter under the angry, screaming human bomb that is Bakugo Katsuki. It's pretty fucking cool. It also turns out to come in handy later. Araraka has been keeping an eye on when their patrols intersect. How could she not when Bakugo's weird twitchy eye for detail has her knowing his exact schedule? And they end up patrolling together about twice a week. It's been kind of fun patrolling with an old UA classmate. It's nostalgic, reminding her of old training exercises and the tight camaraderie that they all still share. The kids they run into along the route are always really excited too, which Uraraka unabashedly loves and Bakugo is shockingly good at. Almost weirdly so. She mentions that to him. He'd been crouched down, letting some tiny kid with shark teeth and bright orange Ground Zero merch bounce around him and yell about how Ground Zero was his favorite hero and it was so cool how he blew stuff up and one day he was going to be the number one hero just like him. As she watched... Bakugo's face had softened, and he ruffled the kid's spiky blue hair as he stood up from his crouch. Is that a smile? Uraraka said, grinning. Bakugo whipped around to glare at her. No, buzz off, Aravity. Her smile grew wider. Cute. You set a good example for the kids. I think you're really cool, too, Aravity. Shark Kid chirped at her. Uraraka laughed. Thank you. I think you're super cool, kiddo. I like your teeth. The kid looked bowled over with happiness, exposing all those sharp things in one super wide smile. The two heroes both waved as Shark Kid's mom finally dragged him off. Uraraka turned back to Bakugo, still smiling softly. You really do set a good example for the kids, she said. They set off down the sidewalk, striding in sync. Whatever, Bakugo said, but the tips of his ears, exposed by the cut of his mask, were pink. I think you'd make a good dad one day. Uraraka said. Bakugo looked at her. He wasn't scowling, but his brow was furrowed heavily. There was a moment of silence. You think so? Yeah, of course, Uraraka said. You're always so patient with them. She nudged his shoulder playfully. They're about the only people you're patient with. Bakugo rolled his eyes. No shit. They don't know enough to be idiots on purpose yet. Wouldn't be fair to be an asshole just because they don't have any fucking life experience. She looks at him at that. He's changed a lot since their days at UA. Still aggressive, prone to snapping and swearing and blustering, and his emotions run high all the time. The difference is that he takes the time to sort through those high emotions, and generally manages to articulate why. With gratuitous use of the F-bomb, of course. For a brief moment, Uraraka wonders what it's like to be in Katsuki's head. Those high emotions of his run at ten, never coming down. He must care so much, all the time. Sounds exhausting. He's quite literally made of nitroglycerin, a human time bomb whose quirk only works when he feels so much that his body reacts to it. No wonder he's on such a short fuse, with all that adrenaline and fear and anger and victory running just under his skin, and having it be necessary to his continued survival. Because he doesn't doubt that it's being a hero, that dream that keeps Bakugo running as fast as he can, stars just out of reach. That, of course is when the storefront just in front of them shatters open. The glass explodes outward, each shard like a missile into the street. Bakugo and Uraraka react near instantaneously, with Bakugo sending a blast straight back toward the storefront to try and blow back the glass shower. Uraraka throws up her gauntlets in front of her face and braces her feet against the blast, running forward as soon as she can. She got lucky, standing near the side and having Bakugou blast a large portion of the shards back let her with only a small rip in her suit on a calf and a fingernail-sized chip in her arm. She pulls it out, grimacing, even as she moves forward into the shop. There's two villains in the shop, and Uraraka spares a moment to wonder why the hell two villains with obviously powerful quirks are holding up a ramen shop. One is a tall, built man with buzzed dark hair. He's only just now lowering his smoke smoking right fist. He's gripping his forearm with his left hand in a way that reminds Uraraka of how Bakugo will brace himself against larger explosions. The other man is slender, long white hair and a crazed smile. He's got all the people in the shop gathered behind him and is speaking to them quietly. They're all... fine? And not screaming? The hairs on Uraraka's neck go up. There's something about the way the guy is whispering. If she could just hear it, if she just listened harder... There's a hand at her collar, and it drags her harshly backward. She chokes, scrambles, snaps out of whatever daze the white-haired man's quirk had put her in. The fuck are you doing? Bahio barks, and thank god it's him who has the punishing grip on the neckline of her suit. It's his quirk, Uraka says frantically, even as smoking fist man turns toward and raises his fist again. Fell into a daze when I heard him whispering, couldn't do anything but try to listen. They dive behind the counter of the ramen shop just as smoking-fist opened fires. There's the sound of shattering wood as projectiles thud into the thin barrier. Whispering quirk, huh? Bakugo says thoughtfully. His fate stretches into the manic grin he gets in battle. No worries, then. You take gun. What do you- Bakugou shoots her a sideways look, smirks, and taps at the hearing aid emblazoned with the Ground Zero X- She doesn't even get to roll her eyes at him before he's launching himself over the counter, straight into a crowd of hostages. Oh, for fucks. Aroraka vaults the counter after him, falling into a roll. Gun. His quirk is gun? Really? Has swung around to aim at Bakugo. He is currently making short work of the white-haired man who is looking more and more frightened as his quirk continues to not affect Bakugo. Gun takes aim, braces his hand, and Uraraka is right in front of him, shoving his firing arm hard to the outside and slamming him with a hard right hook. He stumbles backward, caught even more off-balance by his quirk firing at the ceiling. Uraraka darts forward, splaying her hand wide and catching him with a hard shove to the chest. She activates her quirk at the same time, and with only 15% of his gravity now affecting him, he goes flying through the window. Fucking A, Cheeks. She hears from behind her and glances to see Bakugo crouched over the white-haired villain. He's already cuffed and gagged with what looks like a woman's pink paisley scarf. Innovative. The hostages are already back to normal, looking white-faced and scared, but few screaming, with one villain already bound and the other out on the street. Araraka flashes Bakugo a cheeky smile on a peace sign and darts out into the street. Gun has managed to get himself upright, and as soon as she appears, takes advantage of his gravity-less state. He launches himself at Uraraka, coming on way too fast and way too hard. Uraraka pushes her weight to the balls of her feet and pivots smoothly on her back foot as he rushes past her. Release, she yells, hands together, and he comes back to full gravity with a hard skid on the pavement. He's too far for her to reach now, however, and he's caught his hand at her, grinning viciously. She's bracing herself to try, and... Dodge? Take the hit? When Bakugo comes up behind her fucking fast and wraps an iron bar of an arm around her waist. He doesn't even finish snarling, Lift off! before she's activating her quirk on him and they blast off just in time to dodge the barrage of bullets heading their way. They soar into the air hard and fast and there's no time to talk or think or do anything but react. Bakugo loosens his grip, she drops her quirk, and he dive bombs the villain out of the sky like a phoenix out for revenge. There's a hefty explosion below, and not as crazy as it could have been. Controlled. As soon as the plume of fire dissipates, Uraraka's dropping out of the sky too, catching herself inches above the ground. The villain looks scorched and dazed, and Bakugo triumphant. That insane grin it is near catching the light. As Uraraka watches, however, the villain raises his left hand, the one he hasn't used yet. Uraraka acts on instinct. Leaping forward onto his back, accelerated by a little loss of gravity, and then comes down hard, full gravity, on his shoulders, forcing him to the ground, left arm splayed wide. There's a sharp retort as the bullet he fired from his left hand shatters another window. Uraraka shoves a knee between his shoulders, pulls his right arm behind his back as the villain grunts in pain, looks up at Bakugo. He's standing above her, sun making his blonde hair a halo. He looks stunned, face open and mouth a little slack with shock. She winks at him. That wakes him right up, and he shakes his head, his smile soft for just a second before it broadens into something wide and victorious, blood in his mouth. The sound of police sirens starts to filter into her consciousness, and her Arakas adrenaline starts to really filter through her blood, making her let out a long, slow breath. All right, not bad. Apart from the bullets from Gun Quirk, they hadn't done too much structural damage, just some scorch marks from Human Missile Bakugo. Pretty good for them, to be honest. Uraraka stays perched on the villain's back like a lazy house cat while Bakugo retrieves the other villain, handing him off to the police with an ungentle shove. He comes around next to her, and they haul gun quirk up by both of his arms, frog marching him over to the police who have quirk-suppressant cuffs waiting. They step out of the way. They're quiet for a minute, keeping an eye on the waning chaos of a hero-villain fight. Hororaka is really feeling the effects now, trying not to lock her knees as her legs shake a little. She doesn't actively lean on Bakugo, but she doesn't stop their shoulders from brushing. She's looking at the debris, thinking about the pock marks on the sidewalk from Gun Quirk. Hadn't she heard something about that recently? Thanks. And for a second she thinks she imagined it. She turns and looks up at him. Why is she always looking up to him? And he's staring straight ahead. He's got a thin red scratch trace across one cheekbone, and as she watches, he reaches up and turns his hearing aid back on. For the save, he clarified unnecessarily. Of course, she says, the grin across her face almost hurting her cheeks. We work pretty good together, huh? She nudges his shoulder companionably. Yeah, he grunts and turns to face her. He's opening his mouth to say something else, and that's when she gets shot in the leg. It's not entirely the police's fault. That's what Uraka keeps saying, at least, even while Bakugo does all but breathe fire at them. Apparently, one of the quirk-suppressing handcuffs had a fault latch and let gun quirk take a pot shot at them from his hip. They're lucky it didn't hit anything more serious. As it is, after the first few minutes of frantic first aid, she gets taken to a doctor with a healing quirk and is stitched up pretty fast. It's still sore, and she can't really walk on it, however. She'll have to fill out a workers' comp report at the agency and hopefully make it in with one of the physical therapists with healing quirks, but they tell her she should be back on active duty in a few days. She's sitting in the doctor's office, pouting about it, when Bakugo storms back in. What'd they say? It's not really a question, but he's glowering at her like it's her fault she got shot. I'm off for the next day or two. Death shift for two, and then back to active duty, she sighs. Sucks. He only scowls more deeply at her. How are you getting home? Uraka blinks at him. The train? I can't even fucking walk. She flushes. I can't sew. She definitely can't. He's already pulling out his phone. I'm calling a cab. What? No, Bakugo. I, I will follow you the fuck home, Cheeks. Don't make this harder than it has to be. He points the phone at her like it's a knife and she can see the rideshare app is already up. She sighs. Having Bakugo get her out of the hospital and into a car ends up being amazing, actually. She doesn't think she's ever been able to check out faster than with him glowering and swearing at every healthcare professional in earshot. She does, however, draw the line at him lifting her into the car. He steps immediately over that line, even as she squawks and swears at him, Bakugo, I have crutches and I can get into the car myself. Bakugo motto number two, fuck your personal space. It's worse at the stairs to her apartment. You cannot carry me up the stairs. He's scowling at her even as she leans on her crutches. Why the fuck not? Because, because, she's stammering. I don't need you to. It's not the greatest excuse. He rolls his eyes. You think I can't? And of course, now he's made it a fucking challenge, because nothing in Dr. Gokotsky's life can be easy. I know you can. I'm on your back all the time for our stupid quirk training. His eyebrows lower. Then what the hell is your problem? Uraraka glares at him and then points at the floor. It's just different. Hey, he snaps and she looks back up at him. I don't, he sighs, and then he's the one to look away. I don't think you're weak or need my help. I just, you have an injury. He sounds like he's going to say more and Uraraka waits. Nothing comes. She sighs. Fine. They make it into her apartment without further incident. I feel bad, Uraka said, groaning. You should go out and actually have a Friday night, not be stuck here with my bum leg. The leg in question was elevated, and she had taken an ibuprofen, but she was going to need to make another trip to the healer at her agency for sure. She sighed and tapped in a worker's comp request on her tablet. Nowhere I'd rather be than right here, Cheeks, Bakugo said, almost cheerfully. For him, at least. She looked up from her injury form in surprise. Shut up, he snapped. I didn't say anything, Uraraka protested. Ugh, stupid, he snarled at her, turning on his heel. What do you want to eat? I'm starving, he called over his shoulder, walking into the kitchen. We could order. Fuck that, he interrupted, peeking back out to glare at her. I'll cook. There's no decent fucking places around here anyway. That's so sweet of you, Bakugo, but you've already done so much. Fuck off. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests to be read.